and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Giselle Aguiar. You know, the more I study the Bible, the more I realize that every single book from Genesis to Revelation all point to Jesus. In the Old Testament, Jesus is predicted. In the New Testament, he is revealed, preached, explained, and expected. You find him everywhere because Jesus is the hero of the entire Bible. I've covered most of the New Testament, and you can find those studies on my blog. This next series is a hunt for Jesus in the Old Testament. It's how God's story becomes our story when we invite him into our lives. It will help us get to know God better, more intimately. And that's what he wants. He wants a relationship with us. Yes, you and me. I pray that as you hear this message, it will inspire you to study the Bible daily for yourself. Seek the truth. I pray that God opens your heart, eyes, and mind to study what his spirit is trying to tell you. And as you become rooted in the word, you'll also be rooted in hope, joy, and peace. Let's dig in. Jesus in the book of Ruth, part two, or chapter two. I'm going chapter by chapter now. <laughs> Preparing the way for our future redeemer. There are no such things as coincidences in God's kingdom. When certain things happen in life, you ask why or how or how come, <laughs> and look around to see if you don't see God's hand in everything. Sometimes you're too close to the problem or an issue, but if you step back, you'll see it all in his plan. It was all in his plan. So here's where you see God's hand in providing our future redeemer, Jesus. Let's dig in. We're in Ruth chapter 2. Ruth meets Boaz. Now there was a wealthy and influential man in Bethlehem named Boaz, who was a relative of Naomi's husband, Elimelech. One day, Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, let me go out into the harvest fields to pick some, to pick up the stalks of grain left behind by anyone who was kind enough to let me do it. Naomi replied, all right, my daughter, go ahead. So Ruth went out to gather grain behind the harvesters. And as it happened, she found herself working in a field that belonged to Boaz, the relative of her father-in-law, Elimelech. While she was there, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you, he said. The Lord bless you, the harvesters replied. Then Boaz asked his foreman, who is that young woman over there? Who does she belong to? And the foreman replied, she is the young woman from Moab who came back with Naomi. She asked me this morning if she could gather grain behind the harvesters. She has been hard at work ever since, except for a few minutes rest in the shelter. Boaz went over and said to Ruth, listen, my daughter, stay right here with us when you gather grain. Don't go to any other fields. Stay right behind the young women working in my field. See which part of the field they are harvesting and then follow them. I have warned the young men not to treat you roughly. And when you are thirsty, help yourself to the water they have drawn from the well. Ruth fell at his feet and thanked him warmly. What have I done to deserve such kindness, she asked. I am only a foreigner. Yes, I know, Boaz replied but I also know about everything you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. I have heard how you left your father and mother and your own land to live here among complete strangers. 
May the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge, reward you fully for what you have done. I hope I continue to please you, sir, she replied. You have comforted me by speaking so kindly to me, even though I am not one of your workers. At mealtime, Boaz called to her, come over here and help yourself to some food. You can dip your bread in the sour wine. So she sat with his harvesters and Boaz gave her some roasted grain to eat. She ate all she wanted and still had some left over. When Ruth went back to work again, Boaz ordered his young men, let her gather grain right among the sheaves without stopping her and pull out some heads of barley from the bundles and drop them on purpose for her. Let her pick them up and don't give her a hard time. So Ruth gathered barley there all day. And when she beat out the grain that evening, it filled an entire basket. She carried it back into town and showed it to her mother-in-law. Ruth also gave the roasted grain that was left over for her meal. Where did you gather all this grain today, Naomi asked. Where did you work? May the Lord bless the one who helped you. So Ruth told her mother-in-law about the man in whose field she had worked. She said, the man I worked with today is named Boaz. May the Lord bless him, Naomi told her daughter-in-law. He is showing his kindness to us as well as to your dead husband. That man is one of our closest relatives, one of our family redeemers. Then Ruth said, what's more, Boaz even told me to come back and stay with his harvesters until the entire harvest is completed. Good, Naomi exclaimed. Do as he said, my daughter. Stay with this, with his young women right through the whole harvest. You might be harassed in other fields, but you'll be safe with him. So Ruth worked alongside the women in Boaz's fields and gathered grain with them until the end of the barley harvest. Then she continued working with them through the wheat harvest in early summer. And all the while, she lived with her mother-in-law. Some points to ponder. Boaz was Rahab's son. Remember her from the book of Joshua? She was the one that protected the Hebrew spies. And in turn, her family was spared from the destruction of Jericho. She married a Hebrew man named Salmon. Salmon. I don't know how you pronounce it. It's spelled like the fish, but it's so it's Salmon. Okay. And he had a son, Boaz. Looks like he learned hospitality and kindness from his mom. Ruth just happens to pick Boaz's field to glean grain from. There was a Hebrew custom laid out in Leviticus about letting some grain fall so the poor can have it. It also just happens that Boaz is a relative of Naomi's late husband, Elimelech, which makes him a kingsman redeemer. That comes from Deuteronomy 25, which stipulates that a widow can marry a relative of her husband's. Thus, it's that next of kin that should marry the widow and provide for her. It carried on the family line. The meal they share is bread and wine, symbolizing the Last Supper, that their future kinsman would celebrate with his disciples. Boaz symbolizes Jesus. He is from Bethlehem. He's a redeemer for Ruth and Naomi, just like Jesus is our redeemer. Ruth displays pure gratitude, no entitlement. Because some grain was left for the poor, some may have thought they were entitled to it. It makes a huge difference when you look at what you have with gratitude. Everything you have comes from God. You may think you earned it, but no. God gave you the 
ability to learn it, to earn it. Boaz, Rahab, and Ruth are mentioned in Jesus' genealogy, genealogy in the Gospel of Matthew, which goes to show that Jesus had not one but two Gentile, former pagan women in his ancestral lineage. God had a hand in your ancestry too. I love history and I've dug into my family tree. I had my DNA done and the results helped me realize that God put me in this world for such a time as this. You too, my friend. When you look back at your four sets of great grandparents, where they came from and how they met, you'll see God's hands in it. And that's just one generation. Divine appointments happen every day. Yes, we still have free will, but when you consistently look to God for guidance and follow it, you start seeing his orchestrating every little bit of your life. So how do you seek God's guidance in everything that you do? Well, first, get to know Jesus as a friend by inviting him into your life with a repentant heart. Receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and ask him daily for guidance and wisdom through prayer. Read the Bible daily. That's how you get to know God and build your relationship with him. You know, Jesus told us in Revelation 3.20, he said, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Wouldn't you want to have some bread and dip it into some wine to share with Jesus? It's amazing. And we're going to have one amazing banquet up in heaven. It's time to get right with God. Believe, repent, be baptized, and receive the Holy Spirit. Believe, have faith that Jesus is the Christ, and he died taking your sins away forever, and that he rose from the dead three days later. Repent of your sins. Stop sinning. Do a complete 180-degree turn in your life and surrender your life to him. Be baptized, show the world and yourself that you have died to your old life and are born again in Christ and receive the Holy Spirit in your heart. What are you waiting for? It's time to get right with God. Invite Jesus into your heart and receive the gift and confident hope of eternal life. You don't know what to say. You don't know what to do. There's a prayer in the show notes, or you can click on over to my blog and click on how to invite Jesus into your heart. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times. But know that things aren't falling apart, they are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20-22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you 
to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish, but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Soli Deo Gloria. To God alone be the glory.